Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly broadcasting live from the Internet Law Center here in Santa Monica, um, the heart of Silicon Beach. Please be seated. We have a great show for you today. We're going to be talking with Daria Chisholm. She's uh, the founder of Fifty Shades of Silence, and we're going to be talking about how she got to this point and what she's trying to achieve with her um, project. And uh, it's really an incredible story and, and starts with Imagine waking up one day to find harassing memes, nude pictures, and videos of yourself online. Imagine that you were not aware they existed and you did not approve of and have no control of removing the images. The person who committed this atrocious act you once lived with and loved lives in a country and wants to humiliate you and destroy your reputation. And no legislation or law enforcement can prevent this from occurring or ensure those pictures are removed. A very challenging scenario that has you know, a lot of legal and emotional repercussions. And um, Darius is uh, going to explain what she's had to go through and what's led her to um, empower herself and others to fight revenge porn online. And we've um, we've had several shows on this as uh, we, I represent victims of revenge porn. And I think it's an important issue to get out there. But Darius was actually, we named her one of our heroes of last year in 2017 for her work and bringing awareness to revenge porn. So we're really thrilled to have her. Darius, are you with us? I am. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much, Bennett, for inviting me on. And um, so what's unique about Darius is that she actually, before all this happened to her, had a career as a, a broadcaster. She was an anchor in Pittsburgh for over 20 years and um, is empowering women and others through as a life coach. And uh, so I guess um, let's talk about Darius before all this happened. Well, tell us about what you what about your career. Yeah, so I did. I spent 25 years uh, in the Pittsburgh market anchoring the news for the NBC affiliate. Um, I've also always been in business. I've had a number of different businesses. I owned an aerial fitness studio, was involved in uh, growing a, a network marketing company. And about five, almost five years ago, I retired from television to focus primarily on life and business coaching. I published a book and started a very popular video podcast and podcast series called Hustle and Heart TV. So a lot of my focus um, has been really about empowering people to live their best lives and um, especially women in business, helping them with visibility and multimedia strategies. I still, I do a great deal of that work today, uh, but it, it has really uh, afforded me a lifestyle that allows me to travel and speak and connect with people uh, to help them not only grow their lives, but grow their businesses. And just for our listeners, as usual, background on Darius and today's topic is on our blog at cyberlawradio.wordpress.com. And as usual, you can follow us on Twitter at cyberlawradio. So you, you have this background and in journalism and empowerment. And, um, and then you 
one day wake up and you have that that moment of devastation and what was that like well let me let me back it up a little bit just so there's some context to to even out how all of this occurred um sure. because unlike Unfortunately, many people who face revenge porn, um, more often than not, we know our perpetrators. Um, some other forms of cyberbullying and cyber harassment is sometimes very generalized and you don't know the person. In my case, I was living with an ex-boyfriend who uh, in Jamaica who um, had taken photos uh, and videos of me and uh, held them for some time. We broke the relationship off. And then on January 1st of last year, I got a phone call in the early morning hours and he threatened my life. He threatened to kill me. He told me that he would stab me in my heart and shoot me in my head if I didn't return to the relationship. Um, and, you know, hearing those words and, and, and having a threat hanging over your head is, is extremely, um, it's, it's scary, it's painful, it's humiliating. But within a couple of weeks, I started receiving harassing memes and texts messages with photos and videos that he had taken while I was asleep without my consent, um, many of those naked. And um, this was all in an attempt to get me to return to a relationship that I clearly was not returning to. Um, that went on for several months. And then finally, he put a website up with those images and started calling friends and business colleagues and telling them to go and view me this way. Uh, and what he held over my head was, you know, I, I know you're not going to say anything. You you don't want to destroy your celebrity or your credibility. And he did. I mean, for the longest, I was locked away in this place of shame and silence. I was humiliated and embarrassed. I mean, especially because it comes from someone that you have a relationship with and that at one point you loved and trusted. And so, you know, I, I know for any listener who has ever experienced this, it can be extremely devastating because you then realize, who do I turn to? What kind of help can I get? And there's so few laws in place to protect victims. Um, and of course, with this heavy weight of victim shaming and victim blaming, it just leaves a person spinning. So that was, you know, the, up until, um, you know, facing that and going to court multiple times, uh, I realized that I wasn't alone. There are thousands of people out there who unfortunately are facing some form of cyber harassment or cyber sexual assault or abuse or, you know, there's a thousand names for this. And I, I just knew that I needed to use my voice and my story and my platform to do something about it. And what's unique about your situation, or I guess maybe it's more severe, might be another way to say it, is... Every revenge porn victim faces incredible challenges from the very start, from dealing with the police who sometimes say this is a civil matter and ha having to, I have to coach my, my clients to say, no, here's a circular from the California Attorney General that says this is serious and that you should take it seriously. Uh, and then once you get into the system, uh, I had a revenge porn case in court where the judge pulled me into his chambers and said, you know, I don't do internet law. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to transfer your case to someone else. And and so this, there's so much resistance. And then you had a unique issue in that you're in the United States, the perpetrators in in Jamaica. So you now you have to deal with two different legal systems, jurisdictional issues between the two. And um, it must have seemed that all that more daunting because of that. 
Oh, without a doubt, Bennett. I mean, I you know I spent thousands of dollars in over a year in court seeking a, a, a you know a protection from cyber stalking, and it, it, it that took about nine months. Ultimately, what I was also looking for the judge to do was to write very clear language prohibiting him from ever dispersing any material or content uh, so that I could turn that also over to Google who was requesting that in order to remove the content. And that didn't happen. It took over a year for that to happen. So, you know, fortunately I used a takedown service and had the content removed, but this is, you know, there needs to be a clear path um, to, to getting justice. And if, if like most people are being told to go get a court order and it takes you a year to get that, imagine how your reputation can be damaged. Imagine the amount of money and pain and suffering and time associated with it. And it, you know, if, if for nothing else, I mean, that is that is daunting. And as you mentioned in my case, because we are jurisdiction issues uh, and this being outside, I mean, we're on the internet. I mean, why, why, right. why should ever be an issue of jurisdiction when exactly when yeah I, I, don't remember, I don't remember seeing a border on the internet when i went from one country to another exactly. um and yeah that is so that is the challenge you think it, it's it raises the question of whether we do need some non-juris you know nation-state jurisdictional systems um uh, to deal with problems like this you know for example go ahead no, no, I, you can you can point out your example, but I certainly believe that we do. And and so, and there's a, a system for resolving disputes about domain names, and it's entirely run by ICANN, the system which administers the domain name system, and it's done in you know by uh, purely by written submissions, and there's an arbitration, and you just submit. You know your statement. They submit theirs, and then boom, there's a decision. And if the you know they find the person registered the domain in bad faith and that you know it infringes your trademark, it automatically transfers to you. And um, it seems like this would be something that would that this would be uh, a, a positive way to deal with it. But the problem is, you know, the, there's different laws on this, and um, and plus the, there's this kind of once you start. Saying, I remember raising the issue that when California had a revenge porn law pending, at a, at a meet and greet with a, or my local assemblyman, and um, some people just looked at me as if I was being inappropriate just to raise the issue of revenge porn, mm-hmm. and you know that's not you know that's not for polite company, but you know people's uneasiness of this ignores the fact that there's really harm being done to women and, and men, but mostly women. And, uh, and so it has to be talked about. Well, you know, and just the, the use of the term revenge porn, it's salacious. It is, it, it does not at all represent what is happening or what has happened. And it is certainly a media um, derived word or set of words I should say that I I believe is insulting for what we experience and and unfortunately though it's you've got to go with the term because it's the one right. that most understand you know of course there's the use of non-consensual pornography 
um, cyber sexual assault, cyber sexual harassment, cyber rape. I mean, it, it, it's all the same thing. But but even the term revenge porn is it's as if there were some um, pornography or, you know, right. involvement in pornography um, alone. <laughs> you know, and in my case, this was done without my knowledge. But right. uh, that that alone is such a salacious uh, two words, in my opinion. And, and it, I'm glad you mentioned that. There before she be, became a senator, you know, Kamala Harris was the Attorney General of California, and she really exerted great leadership on this issue uh, as Attorney General. And one thing she did was to hold a forum and reject the use of the term and, and in favor of um, cyber exploitation because she says, one, let's break it down. Revenge, revenge implies that there's some action that merited this retal retaliatory action. And in, mo in most cases, that's not true. These women are just victims. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, they did nothing wrong other than exercising their free will whether or not to be in a relationship, which is, you know, it's exactly your case. And then um, porn suggests that somehow these women were engaged in some pornographic activity and that, you know, one, in many cases, it, it's done without their knowledge, as in your case, and others to the extent that you know they were sharing images or this was somehow consensual. It's it's in no way pornographic. This is just something being done between two consenting adults, and um, both of them have the effect of kind of shaming the victim. Mm -hmm. They do, and that is that adds the additional weight to all of this. Is you know, there's already the experience of knowing that your private images, your private body parts are circulating on the internet for all the world to see. Um, secondly, it in most cases is at the hands of someone that you were in a relationship with that you trusted. And so there's the, 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 the grief and the agony around that. And then to have other people weigh in with this sense of, well, then what did you do? Or why did you do it? You right. know, and particularly for those people who choose to share their photos, you know, they're in a relationship with someone that perhaps they believe that they could trust in and they may be sleeping together. So the thought of sharing naked photos with them, you know, I understand that when people in a consenting relationship choose to do that, which is why I am always advocating that the focus should be narrowly focused on the person who's sharing the content with the intent to do harm. Right. Whether it was given to them with their consent or not. We, we know that when you put that out there and you put something that is intended to be private that could certainly be embarrassing and humiliating out to do harm, the focus should be entirely there. Right. Now, and this is on our show notes as well, you are working on a documentary with Fifty Shades of Silence, and I, I encourage people to look at the trailer there. Um, because you have video of yourself during this whole process and the raw emotion of what you're going through, the devastation that is invisible on your face, um, tells, communicates a lot, I think, for those who are unfamiliar with the issue. Tell us about what, what led you to decide to you know, take a video and, and explain the pain you're going through. Mm -hmm. Two things. One is because I needed to take my power back. This was the; these were the images that he said he was going to put out right. and, and tell an entirely different story about me. And when I chose to make the decision that I get to be the one 
to release this information, it completely changed how I was experiencing this. It, it, it allowed me to take my power back in, in many ways. But the other side is because I also chose to make a documentary. And in a documentary, you tell the facts. You show yeah. what's going on. You make the point. And this happens to be a social justice documentary on an issue that is a growing epidemic. And in order for people to see it in its face, you need to see it in its face. So you don't see it. And and was that hard for you? I mean, because you have, you, you have this persona. You are you know, the anchor for Pittsburgh. And... All this, and that is not the face you see in those videos. No, it, it was extremely hard. Um, and, and it took a lot, frankly, for me to, I knew that I, at some point when I went public with this, that it was important for me to get out and say what was happening um, so that I could be ahead of it. But when I made the decision to show the blurred photos and to even record myself, that me crying in bed was the day after court when, you know, that they were like, no, this, this case is dismissed. Like, what do you mean? I have all of this evidence. This is someone who sent me dozens of text messages and videos and why can't you see where I am? And so I was so frustrated and I just decided to record this. And I did this prior to even being clear about the direction of the documentary. I just knew that I needed to document my emotions at the time. Um, when I did get get to the point where I made a very clear decision about doing the documentary, this of course was a video that I then decided, do we want to use? And uh, the more I thought about it, the more, as I said, I, I got clear about this. This is what documentaries do. They make you think. They make you stop. They put it. We put it in. You know, we we put a face to what is happening. And because it's my story, it was important to do. But yes, it was a bit challenging, frankly, to um, to do it. But I'm glad that I did. I, I um, you know, I, I I often thought, wow, how how will I now be perceived? But at the same time, what I hear from people is that that's brave. It's courageous. I thank you, thank you for being the voice. And so, for that reason alone, I'm I'm, I'm glad. Um, and and a lot of people are glad that you did that, since I think seeing the arc you know the the before darius seeing the the devastation that's visible but then seeing the now empowered darius it is really i think useful for people who are trying to deal with the situation themselves but um we're gonna take a short break we come back we're gonna talk about how it led you to to found 50 shades of silence and about the documentary and uh, some of the promotion you've been doing for it you're listening to the cyber law and business report only on webmaster radio.fm stay tuned for more of the cyber law and business report after this brief recess for our sponsors Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the 2018 International Web Award Competition. 
Web Marketing Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Award site. Visit www.webaward.org to nominate your company, site, or organization. Deadline for entries is May 31st, 2018. Go to www.webaward.org and sign up today. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Synergize your search engine education from 101 to rock star level only on webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. The best gavel to gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back. This is Bennett Kelly. We're talking with Darius Chisholm, and one of the uh, ad plugs were for a uh, a web award. And uh, our guest is not at all unfamiliar with awards. Her own podcast won a 2015 Podcast Award for Best Video Podcast. And just last week, um, she was named as a, a Pittsburgh Business Times 2018 Women of Influence Award. So congratulations on that, Daria. Thank you. Thank you. I'm uh, very pleased to receive that. And that was prim- is for my work with Fifty Shades. So I'm really happy about that. So let, let's talk about Fifty Shades. What? Uh, let's start with the title. I, I think I know what the play is, but uh, <laughs> why don't you tell us how you chose the title? Yeah, I... Um, it was a very deliberate choice on my part. One, because I, there's so much, sh- so many shades of silence in this entire fight and battle for every victim. And I, really, that's where it came from. I, there obviously is the play with Fifty Shades of Grey and, and the, the, the content of that movie and so on and so forth. But this was really about understanding that the, the amount of silence that one experiences through this. And then... In many instances, the silence because we don't have adequate laws in place and police officers aren't quite sure what to say or how to say anything and uh, family members don't know what to say. And and so it really was more about uh, just the 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 amount of silence around an issue that is just so alarming and deserves so much more conversation. No, I I thought that the title was brilliant um, for the very reason that the, the the salaciousness of the movie title, you know, and the book, mm-hmm. um, you know, in essence, you're playing on that. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole you know, delicateness at which people approach this issue, you, you're you're kind of playing on that, but then also highlighting that this is about victims. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I thought that was a brilliant choice of a title. Um, you went on Megyn Kelly's um, Today Show and um, did a, a really moving interview. And um, 
I thought it was some parts of the, that that's what led that's how I first came heard of you. And there was a couple parts of that that really fascinated me. One was um there's a moment in which Megan says, This may sound strange, but this may have been in in some ways a calling for you. In in all this bleak and tragic circumstances that you are in a new situation and to help people in ways that others can't. And and I, I point out because just the very fact that you were on today's show, you, know, you worked for an NBC affiliate in Pittsburgh, and so here you are on their you know flagship you know show in the morning, and you were able to get journalists to pay attention to an issue that maybe they hadn't before and to treat it. You, you were obviously the interview clearly she's treating you as a colleague and uh, you know, the level of respect is just, it allows you an entree, I think with the media and to let people to treat people uh, who are victims of this in a way that maybe they hadn't done before. Yeah. And I will, I will, graciously received that. Thank you. Um, it, it, for many instances, obviously was, was very painful in the very beginning and shameful to experience. And yet what became very clear to me was that it, it was, it is for such a time as this for me and that I had the choice to decide who do I need to become in reaction to this but also in how I purpose this for myself and for others. And so, so much of this has been out of deliberate choice. And, uh, you know, it, it took me on a hard left turn because, frankly, I was not going in this direction. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think it was part of many business plans. Well, not at all. Um, but, but it, you know, it allowed me to amass a team quickly because that's what I do in coaching is I help people to, to put teams together uh, I was able to put a website up very quickly with resources because I've spent many years working with clients with helping them put their websites together. You know, my database is now growing with a number of ways that we can help victims. Clearly, as a speaker, I can advocate for this on, on world stages, which I choose to do. But then I also get to bring my journalistic background into play and uh, all my years of experience in television. While I've never shot a documentary before, um, I still get to, to use those skills that you know I used for 25 years in television. So all of me is wrapped up in this. And the biggest part of me that that I know will go on for, for many years to come is how I empower victims. Because my, my focus, while it's on education through the documentary, it's on advocacy, uh, w working with legislators and with lawmakers to, to really toughen the laws um, and to see this for what it is. It's on collaboration, speaking with people like you and the many other people out there who have been in the field uh, working to, to protect victims and, and give victims rights. The biggest piece for me is is empowerment, and that's what I call everyday courage. It's the piece that allows me to pour into other people's lives in a way to help them regain their confidence, release their shame, and to have the courage to fight this and move on in life. And that's the coaching piece in me. And so it it literally everything about me is wrapped up into all of this. <laughs> it, it, in essence, yeah, your life brought you to this moment, as bad as it was, but mm -hmm. you, no person before you was as prepared to handle it as you. Yeah, and, and I would agree. And, you know, it was interesting. You, you talk about the, the Megyn Kelly interview, which I am, am so grateful for. 
And, you know, shortly after that was Dr. Oz. And, you know, Dr. Oz said, and which I was very humbled by, but she's a leading advocate for victims in this space. And and to be called that by someone like Dr. Oz uh, is tremendous. And, you know, I didn't sign up for this, but I certainly have taken it with a lot of um, fortitude and with a lot of understanding and sympathy for victims because I know it so intimately. So let's talk a little bit about what Fifty Shades is doing. And you mentioned the website. And I got to tell you, it's an excellent website. But it has valuable information for victims. So why don't you tell us about some of the content and you know, why you put it up there? Yeah, it um, because I knew, for me, the biggest thing was what do I do? Right. And I didn't know where to go. I went to, once I knew that I needed to fight this, the question was, how do I get the content taken down? What steps can I take? You know, who out there understands what I'm going to going through? And, you know, I wrote the pages of the website in one night, knew exactly what I wanted it to contain, um, get information, get involved, support us. You know, I knew that it needed to be a resource and it's growing. There's still a lot more that needs to be added. And by the way, we just launched an app. Um, and so the app is available um, in the Google Play Store as well as will soon be on, on, on Apple. So it's available for, for Androids and iPhones so that it can really be available at, at a fingertip notice so, you, you know, for people to get to the website and all the resources. So that was the first phase. Then I knew I wanted to develop a team. And I'm so grateful for the number of people who um, have raised their hand and said, yes, how can I help? From the production team, which, you know, obviously is squarely focused on the documentary to those people, you know, have helped um, with the crowdfund and the fundraiser. And even those people who have said, I want to be an angel ambassador. I want to be someone when the film is out that I can host a community screening or tell people about it, or I'm happy to share this content. Uh, You know, I've got a neighbor who's experienced this. I have experienced this. How can I be of service? And, you know, that list is growing. We've put together two Facebook groups. One is for victims and survivors. The other one is for the angel ambassadors so that when we want to connect people with resources very quickly, you know, the intent is for the angel ambassadors to be able to say, yes, I've got this platform. I can help you out. So, so much of this was was very much in my mind about how can I help while the documentary is being filmed. I mean, the film won't be out until next year. So what can I do between then and now? And that's to to build the website, to make it available, to help victims. You know, I've I have I just wrapped up about five speeches in the last couple of days, just advocating for victims and uh, empowering them as well as informing people about cyber safety. So I'm quite busy around all of the pieces of Fifty Shades of Silence. Now, part of the large part of what you're doing is the documentary. And what has that process been like for talking to? Well, first of all, who are you talking to in the documentary? So we've I have interviewed several victims, and um, and not just victims of revenge porn or non-consensual pornography. We've got um, a a young woman who was lured at the age of 14 online and then kidnapped um, and and trafficked. And, you know, her life was forever impacted by this. And unfortunately, she's gone on to do some, some marvelous things. But we know that that is also the dark side of the internet, is that people engaging in conversations with uh, others who have the intent to lure them and then possibly... Um, 
you know, it, human trafficking, and we, that's a big piece. So I've also interviewed an ex, two experts in that space. Uh, we have several attorneys uh, that I've interviewed. I've got a couple of psychologists. So we really want to pull a whole-scale view of what's going on online with any form of cyber abuse, cyber harassment. Uh, and, and so most of most of the film is done. We're about 70% complete. There's a few more interviews that, that we need to do. And we're writing now, and then we'll get into editing. And then my goal is to run it through the film festivals. You know, I, I, I envision an Academy Award. I've got big dreams for this. So, um, you know, to, to hold an Oscar in my hands for this would be amazing. Um, but then also then to make it available for community screenings as well as for people to watch online. Well, when you, if you come to LA, I, I, I have some places that you can screen it, and um, and you will get a chance to at least hold an Oscar at one of them. There's uh, a friend of mine; she has one, so you can at least hold it, and, and hopefully you'll get your own. But uh, um, we did um, we we did a show on this five years ago or so, um, and actually in 2013, exactly five years ago, and um, we. The people we had on, um, Holly Toops and um, Becca Wells, were people who thought that their life was over. And somehow they decided they got that courage to, to step up and fight back. And uh, in describing the show, and I'm looking at the show notes from that day, and I wrote to future employees who might be squeamish about what may or may not be online about these ladies remember that the strongest steel is forged in the hottest fire these women are just discovering their potential um general Patton once said the measurement of success is not how high one climbs but high, how high one bounces after hitting bottom mm -hmm. by this measurement you know miss tubes and wells are practically rockefellers and it was a privilege to have them on and i think are you seeing that in the people you're talking to are you seeing that Somehow, once they, they get past the devastation, that these these women are now empowered. Absolutely, I would say. And and by the way, that is that was an incredible. Um, thank you for sharing that. I'm, I actually have chills listening to you um, remark on how powerful and strong those two women are. And uh, thank you for holding them up in that light, because more often than not, in those early dark days, dark days you feel so extremely vulnerable and stripped and emotionally ripped apart that you don't even know what the next day is supposed to look like, let alone the next year. And right. to, to see someone rise uh, from this and to reclaim their dignity and to feel empowered by new choices is a remarkable sight. And for many of the victims that I talked to, that answer is yes, they have. They hit the bottom and were able to bounce up. And, you know, it, it <laughs> we, we, in many cases, have talked about how our lives have been completely changed, but making that choice to pick ourselves back up and move forward has been the most incredible experience. And I would say that, you know, anyone who has faced a major trauma or a major setback in life, you 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 don't know what the next day is going to look like. And sometimes you don't even know what the day is going to look like. Right. So, you know, for, for every person who finds their courage or what I call everyday courage to, to take it one day at a time, 
and recover from whatever traumatizing or challenging experience or setback that they're facing is what true strength is. It's what true confidence is. It's what true courage is. It is, it is always in who you become after experiencing it. So the answer to that question is yes, they have, they are some pretty, they are remarkable and I can't wait to introduce people uh, to them in the film. And so getting back to the nuts and bolts about the film, you have a, a fundraising campaign. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, we are in our early stages of fundraising uh, on Indiegogo. It wraps up on March 30th, and we are looking to secure additional funds so we can continue filming and get into editing. I pulled out my credit cards and have uh, you know, been funding this for the last several months, but we're certainly at a stage now where um, the plastic is... <laughs> Is, is wet dry, and now it's time to, to clearly uh, amass the funds needed to continue filming and then get into editing. And, you know, films are, they're, they're expensive to make. And yeah. we're looking at doing a feature-length documentary. There's a great deal of travel that's associated with this because, you know, we've had to, I have it crisscross the country to interview people as a part of this. And, you know, then when you get into distribution and, and the other costs associated with editing, you know, it can be a very expensive project, but I'm committed to seeing it through. And while, you know, whatever $5, $15, $25 can be amassed through an Indiegogo crowdfund, I'm grateful, grateful for every single dollar. I also trust that there, there are major sponsors out there. There are corporations that, that see the value in this and, you know, will say, sure, we want to support this. And, and obviously their, their funding could be much more significant. And we have a link to the um, Indiegogo page on the show notes. So if you're interested, please go there and give your support. Yeah, we did a show a few years back on using Kickstarter and Indiegogo to finance movies. I mean, Spike Lee, I forget which movie it was, but he a recent film of his, he did finance through crowdfunding. He did, and it and it he did very well. Um, he did, yeah. Our, our, one of the, I remember one of the one of the benefits. That's how people kind of get you to sign up and and pledge higher amounts. Was you got to sit next to him at a Knicks game, you know, because he has <laughs> he he has those courtside seats, yeah. and uh, but you can't yell at Reggie Miller, I guess. But um, we've got so, some pretty cool perks as part of ours as well. We I designed them so that you know people could. You certainly can contribute whatever you like, but then we put in uh, different perks that, you know, it's cool swag, it's T-shirts, things like that. But even some of the, um, the, the perks that have a higher donation amount uh, include coaching and being at the red carpet premiere and, and some other really fun things. So I hope that people will, will check it out. There's, um, there's a link, you, as you said, you've put the link on your page, so um, it's available for people to, to see and support if they can. And... Um... When do you think you're going to be finished filming? Well, uh, it would ideally, I'd love to be done in, in the next couple of months. Uh, then we, we we really need to spend a lot of time completing the writing and then editing. And so, you know, and then, of course, hitting some of the more significant film festivals and those deadlines are important. Technically, I, I don't even see the film being released until next year this time. Um, but but that would be a, a good typical run for a documentary of this size and nature uh, in terms of time. 
Well, definitely when you're done, let us know because then we want to promote it. But but one thing we do have to promote right now is our sponsors. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll have more with Darius Chisholm. You're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report only on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Webmasterradio.fm. St. Jude continues to advance by increasing cure rates in childhood cancer. And donors are important to us because you get the feeling that you have a team behind you. When it comes to research and advancements, there are some things that only we can do because we have the resources and we have the focus. And so if St. Jude doesn't do it, who will? St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures. Saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. All of your favorite WebmasterRadio.fm programs on air and on demand 24-7. Find our shows on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere you download your podcasts. Add some podcasts to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. More refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24-7. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back. This is Ben Kelly. We're talking with Derek Chisholm about Fifty Shades of Silence and the issue of cyber exploitation. And as I mentioned, uh, the Internet Law Center represents victims of cyber harassment and revenge porn and you can find information about our work at internetlawcenter.net and um, just want to give a couple of shout outs Um, one is uh, we have the upcoming rally this weekend on the mall for to address the the tragedy of guns in our in our society and uh, i just want to give a shout out to the courage of those who've been involved in the march for our lives and um the courage those young children have shown and standing up and demanding change is is really uh it's, it's been quite a, a thing to see and i have nothing but respect for these people um the other thing is it's a, we're now at the six month anniversary of the hurricane that devastated puerto rico and uh, they're still struggling so Please keep them in your in mind, and that they need help, um, financial and otherwise. So, um, but Darius, uh, getting back to the issue of Fifty Shades of Silence, when what do you say to people who, if someone who just discovered and you know recently found out they they have there's pictures out there of them. Uh, what do you say to those people who did in those those first you know week or so when they've just discovered and they don't know what to do? Well, there's a few things. One is to it, you need to get help, and sometimes it it may just look like a good friend who can help you find the help that you need. 
because more often than not, it's you're confused, you're angry, you're humiliated, you're ashamed, you're not sure where to. So if there's someone that you can align yourself with, a good friend, um, uh, you know, a cousin, a sister, whoever, that can help you do some of the early work and help you and listen to you and hold you if need be um, during that time is really important. Uh, the second thing I would say is is to whatever degree you can get it removed or taken down, you want to do that quickly. Yes. So whether it's a website and you want to use a takedown service to uh, engage with in terms of trying to get it taken down, you should. If it's on social media, there are guides that, um, you know, many of the social media platforms offer as a as a step-by-step way to get a content removed but you want to act quickly to try and get it removed as best as possible you want to save everything everything all evidence save it don't distribute it though don't send it to anyone but make sure you you save it and put it in a folder put it someplace where you can get your hands on and then if you can find an attorney who understands this to connect with that attorney. And and I will say this, even if that attorney is not in your state, more often than not, obviously, you're going to have to have the attorney represent you in the particular area that you're in. But depending on where you are, there may not be someone who knows this law. So I would say at least start with someone who does, who can help you find an attorney in your state um, to assist you. Um, And then to what, you know, if this is something that you need to take to the police, I would say do that, but make sure that you know what your rights are in your particular state. Some, you know, as we know, there's only 38 states that have anything on the books, which in my opinion, it's it's all fluff. But, um, it, you know, at least know what statutes that you can stand behind and when in conversation with the police, make sure that you um, that you, you share that with them because sometimes the officers that, that take the information are unaware and they don't know. Um, I would also ask if it's at all possible if your information can be redacted or your name not be used because of course in delivering the content to the police, it's made available, it's on public record and if it's something that you don't want out there, you you need to see if there's some way that you can request that, that um, just be treated with a great deal of sensitivity and that it not be made available if at all possible. And of course that has a lot to do with whatever police department you're dealing with. Right. The early things. And then you know, a number of jur- jurisdictions, California V1 allows victims to sue under Jane Doe. Mm. And right. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's true. I mean, in some places you can't do that. And in some places you can't even ask that your information be kept confidential. You know, I, I, I really believe that this that these cases, especially when taken to police, should be treated like rape cases because we've gotten to a point now where at least uh, authorities, when they're taking those first statements from someone who is claim who claims to have been raped, they treat it with some degree of sensitivity. And more often than not, they do keep that information confidential. I believe this should be as well. When you are exposing naked photos or videos or content that is compromising, it should be handled with some degree of sensitivity. That that I agree. That's very important. There there. Right now, there you mentioned there's 38 states, and I'm embarrassed to say that the state of Rhode Island isn't one of them. And the governor actually vetoed a revenge porn law a couple of years back. Um, but there's legislation pending in Congress, uh, bipartisan legislation in both the House and the Senate, to create a, a national, federal 
uh, revenge upon law. And there's also legislation to make this violating the uh, military code of justice. So, because there's also, a, you may recall a year ago, there was a big scandal in the Marine Corps and the Army of revenge porn and photos being circulated throughout there. And, um, and so be aware and talk to your representative and say this is very important. Yeah, I am very uh, excited to see the work that Senator Kamala Harris is doing with the Enough Act and that it would be essentially the first federal bill that we would have that would, would strengthen this. And my hopes is that, you know, it, it will continue to receive support in both the House and the Senate and pass unanimously uh, and quickly. Um, because, you know, as I know from, from all of the time spent in court, it's the, it, the punishment just does not fit the crime in many instances. And we, we need to take this seriously. There are people who commit suicide over this. They right. lose jobs. They, you know, they, you know, it, the, the devastation from this could be so tumultuous and it, it can Im impact so many other people. And so to the degree that lawmakers can see the urgency around this is important. And it, you're you're right to tell people to reach out and to find someone who's knowledgeable. And because I know for our case, we get calls not only just from throughout the United States, from across the world. Uh, I've had a, I've represented someone, a victim from um, Beijing, and uh, who had an issue here in the United States of someone posting photos of her. And uh, so it's a it's a global issue and find someone knowledgeable and act quickly and um, definitely you want to go to a website like yours so we only have a, a few minutes left um what what's next for you what what do you want people to know yeah well a few things yes the website 50 shades of silence.com and that's five oh shades of silence.com um it's growing we've got you know, we'll be adding more and more content, more and more resources for victims and survivors. Um, we are looking for angel ambassadors, people who say, yes, I want to help in whatever way that I can. And there's a link there where it's under get involved to, to sign up and leave us your information there. I have also posted where it says get empowered. Um, I have a number of different free tools that people can use, um, the, particularly victims and survivors. And so uh, on that link, there is a free audio and workbook to really help to uh, establish some more healthy habits to move through this because of the, the level of, of shame and, um, and pain associated with it. So I've, I've made that available. I've got several speaking events that are in place. And so I'll continue to, to advocate for it. And for anyone who, who you know, wants to support the campaign and donate, we, we would greatly appreciate that. And or if you've got a company or an organization that you believe could be closely aligned with our work and mission, reach out to us for that because collaboration is well, I can tell you my firm and you know this this show will happy be happy to work with you to promote this effort and because it, it's an issue that needs needs greater awareness. And so I, I applaud you for what you've done in this area. And uh, you know that's why we we named you a hero last year because you brought the awareness and the debate to a level that was was not before. Thank you. I, I do appreciate it. And thank you for your support. Anytime, anytime. So um, we have on the, on the show notes, we have links to your website. We have links to your Twitter accounts and, and to your Indiegogo. Um, we only have two minutes left. Any parting words you want to share with our guests, our yeah. listeners? 
Absolutely. You know, we are, we all have a choice to make in life and we get to decide in any particular moment how we want to respond. And more often than not, when we are reacting in pain and in shame, it's very hard to make good decisions. And so I would encourage any victim uh, listening who, who is in that dark place to find ways to release the shame and to find a deeper and even if you have to ask yourself the question, who do I need to become now? It prompts you to start thinking about positive solutions. For every person who's ever been through this and has found their way out, they did it day by day. They chose to have everyday courage. And it is always my commitment to see people rise from their most devastating moments. And if you're listening and that's something that you need some support in, please go to our website, reach out to me and have support. And you know, I look at. You know, I've seen you, you've interviewed a number of times, and I've looked at your trailer. And what's interesting is you see the um, the, the Pittsburgh anchor Darius, and then you see the, the heartbreaking videos of you during this whole crisis, and then you, you you hear yourself and see yourself now, and it's it's just an amazing journey. And I, I think, you know, the fact that you've shared it with people and are leading people forward uh, just creates such a great example and, and creates hope and for people who may not have had it. Thank you. Thank you. So it's, it's been an honor and pleasure to have you on. Um, we're running out of time, but I want to thank you again. Everyone, please check out the trailer and go to Fifty Shades of Silence because we can't be silent on something like this any longer. So I want to thank you again, Darius. It's been a pleasure. Uh, join us next week on Cyber Law and Business Report and check us out at internetlawcenter.net. This is Bennett Kelly. Have a great week. I'll see you then. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.